Welcome to the Gospel for Planet Earth podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, and I'm coming to you today, Friday, November 3rd. It's hard to believe it's already November, but it is. And we're uh, back from our We Will Not Fear tour, but I'm excited today to bring you the first in a series of podcasts that Susie and I did while on the road, kind of an audio journal of our trip across the country. We went all the way to the northwest, uh, northwest of Seattle, before we turned around and came back singing in rescue missions in drug rehab centers, churches, coffee shops, on the street, uh, wherever we could. And we're actually still doing that now here at home. Um, So we actually were at Arden uh, Arden First Baptist last night and uh, also got to hear an amazing uh, speaker from um, who's doing some missionary work among ISIS uh, areas, uh, ISIS-controlled areas or influenced and that was pretty cool. But we're we're uh, going around different churches um, and uh, even places like Chick-fil-A. You might find us uh, this time of year doing some Christmas music. So if you're in the Hendersonville, Western North Carolina area, look look around for us. You can visit the website, carlgessler.com, and just look, click on the uh, concert tab there, and you'll see all the different places where we'll be. We'll be in Jonesboro soon as well, Tennessee. But uh, coming up here shortly... We are going to uh, be having our missions conference on November 18th out at the Refuge Prayer House. That's 1359 Cane Creek Road in Fletcher, North Carolina. And that's going to be from 530 to 830, Saturday, November the 18th. And uh, so I'd love to see you out there. We're going to have guest speakers from uh, Pakistan, from Ethiopia, and my uh, friend and brother, uh, David Arthur is coming down from Maine to share about his testimony of coming out of um, the gay lifestyle, or death style as he calls it, but uh, he's also going to be sharing about his ministry to um, those who are sexually broken, which is uh, all of us, and a lot of, and and if you want to be factual about it in one degree or another, Um, and so don't miss that, it's a free, free conference, and I'll be there leading worship, and kind of guiding it. Um, and uh, so it's a, it's a great opportunity to hear fr- some amazing speakers and also to find out different ways that you can be part of advancing uh, the gospel of the kingdom. And that is exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast. And uh, I hope these podcasts motivate you to take action. I hope it gives, it gives you faith, increases your faith. That's really uh, my prayer for it. Uh, one other announcement, if you look for us uh, this Monday on uh, local television here, WGGS 16, which is based in Greenville, South Carolina, we're going to be on the air at uh, 8 p.m. on Monday, November 6th, and we will be performing live as well as our um, friends from Pakistan will be sharing their testimony and a little bit about Pakistan Um this will be on the heels of the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, which is on Sunday. So we'll be playing on the TV station on Monday, but the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted is on Sunday. So I think my wife would be mad at me if she heard this now and say I'm confusing you, which is probably true too, but it's too late now. So anyway, Sunday, International Day of Prayer. Monday, we will be on television, WGGS 16. You can find that online as well. And then uh, November 18th, which is a Saturday, 
we're going to have a missions conference. So hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you do, please share it with a friend and comment. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Always encouraging to hear from our listeners. So we'll talk to you later. God bless. Welcome to the Gospel for Planet Earth podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Susie Gessler. And we're actually on the road right now. We're not doing this live. Uh, we're, we're recording it live, but we're not on Facebook because we're driving. Uh, but we're leaving Colorado. We've been on the road for about two weeks, and we're headed to uh, Utah today, about a six-hour drive. And I just uh, wanted to do this kind of um, uh, informal podcast um, as a way of giving you an inside idea of what it's like to do these trips. And uh, so first, I just want to say, um, well, thank you for all, all of you at home who have supported us and helped make this trip happen. Um, and, uh, well, actually, you know, to correct that, I, I don't think that uh, you make this trip happen. You partner with God in making this trip happen because, uh, you know, we've gone on these trips um, just in obedience, and uh, it's really God who makes the way. But he does use you and people like you to... Uh, to help us and encourage us along the way, so thank you. But uh, I wanted to talk maybe a little bit about what our what the highlights of the trip have been. And uh, before I give my two cents, maybe Susie, you want to put in what you uh, what what stands out to you thus far at this two week point. That's uh, one third of our way through the trip. Um, you oh, just what things have stand stood out? Yeah. Um. Okay, well, we, we're leaving Steamboat, Colorado as we're doing this podcast, and um, just, let's see, three days ago, we were at the Rocky Mountain National Park, so, I mean, that's a big thing that stands out, just because it's amazing, and yeah. Um, so, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is just, um, I guess the thing that's been going on in my head is just I'm so thankful for, um, I'm just thankful for the things we've been able to do. I feel like being able to travel and sightsee is a privilege. Um, I feel like staying in people's houses is just a huge blessing to get to know them. And, um, yeah, I just, I just feel thankful. I just feel thankful for being able to travel and thankful for being able to meet, um, new people and new ministries and new churches and to see how people live uh, in different parts of the country because um, our country is so big there's there's really a lot of a lot of different like subcultures in our American culture you know and um, yeah I just feel thankful yeah well uh, coming to Steamboat we didn't have um we, we had a couple of things planned, uh, but uh, it, the schedule filled out a lot more thanks to uh, my cousin, uh, Stephanie, and her husband, Warren, and they, um, two, actually one thing was even before we got here in Denver, that the, um, the couple we stayed with in, in Denver, they happened to have a small group at their house at night. I got to lead worship for that. And then on Thursday night here in Steamboat, again, they were, they were having their small group meeting, and I got to share my testimony, and really, it was a really neat time of connection with the small group that was there, particularly this one couple, and uh, 
uh, one lady told me with tears in her eyes, she said, I, you don't know how much you ministered to me. And I think, I think she identified with some of the things in my testimony that I was sharing. And it was, uh, I think, the most powerful moment um, on this trip for sure. And certainly one of the most powerful ones on, on a, of our trips that I've experienced. Um, but another one was in, in Denver at the rescue mission. And I was uh, singing uh, one of my songs that I usually, at the end of it, I go and I start singing How Great Thou Art. And we were at this uh, rescue mission during lunch. And I saw this man at the front who looked to me very clearly like he was being discipled by one of the staff workers there. They had been in conversation. And then he was listening to the music, seemed to enjoy it. But at one point, he, I guess he just decided he was going to go do something else. He put his backpack on, started walking out of the room. And it was a really big room. And he was about halfway across. And uh, I just had this thought that he needed to hear. Oh, it, w- it would bless him somehow to, to hear the, the hymn that I was going to go into. So I quickly wrapped up my song before it was... Uh, before I usually would, and began to sing How Great Thou Art. And he turned around on his heel immediately. I mean, it was immediate, uh, completely 180, and walked straight back up to the front, sat down and, and uh, began to sing with us. And I don't know, the, you know, all obviously I don't know all that God was doing there, but it was obviously uh, something that God was involved in, and, and uh, he was speaking to me to... You know that that man needed to hear that, and uh, so that's that's exciting to know that God is using us. So we're now we've been with family. We were in family in Kansas, and actually there was another highlight for the trip. Uh, just was um, my sister-in-law Ashlyn took me to an FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes club meeting at the local high school, and I led worship and prayed. And there was a girl there who. Uh, I started talking to you and um, I just assumed she was a Christian because she was in that group, but it turns out she was a Muslim from Pakistan, who had an exchange student who had only been there in the country for two weeks. She, her English was fabulous, but uh, she was there for the worship. Someone had befriended her and brought her in and she just remarked at how friendly everyone was and her name was Bray. and. Uh, it's. Uh, I would love it if, if you'd pray for her because I really have good hope that she will become a Christian while here in the States. With that kind of testimony, you know, right off the bat, uh, I think that's a very exciting thing. Um, yeah. That was in Kansas, but uh, uh, so now we've been. We were with family in Kansas. We were in family with family in Colorado, and now we are uh, pressing on into into Utah and. Uh, uh, you know, the theme of this trip has been We Will Not Fear. And the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this not live is because I don't want this to sound like an appeal for someone else to bail us out. But, uh, you know, I'm facing fear. I have been for the you know past two nights of kind of waking up and having to put away fearful thoughts because, uh, you know, um, we were blessed financially greatly as we began this trip. We had a a number of places where we played and and money was given. Uh, But since the early part of the trip, the the finances have just kind of continued to shrink. And with the size of our family, I mean, we can go go through, especially on a day like today, traveling and gas, we can go through $100, $200, $300 pretty easily in a day, uh, depending on the needs. Uh, Although we do try to keep it as... Uh, 
as reasonable and practical as we can. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I know a lot of people have asked me this question, so I'll just put it out there. Just people ask, like, well, what do you, how do you eat on the road? What do you do for meals? And um, thankfully, a lot of times we're staying with families, whether it's like family we're related to or just people, strangers hosting us. And um, a lot of times they'll make us a meal, which is always really nice. But we do try to like make pit stops at Walmart. And so we have, you know, a bathroom break. We can get diapers while we're there. We could get like rotisserie chicken and like apples and things like that for lunch or dinner and so it makes us feel good and normal and we're we're eating normally and not breaking the bank so we've kind of learned that as we've as we've traveled like to just try and do grocery store stops and just keep um, eating and uh, money spending as normal as possible yeah uh, and one thing so uh, today we're headed, we're going to be staying at a hotel, and I always try to get the best deal I can, but sometimes we can't, and, and I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to not necessarily to find the cheapest place to stay, but to find the place that will meet the needs of the family so that we can continue on without uh, people being, well, we want, we need to get good sleep, we need to be uh, fresh, and, and uh, so that there isn't resentment that builds up, especially in the children with us that um, that it's a good experience in that way and we'll, and we'll stay uh, cheaper if, if that's all we have you know but um, we do try to be as frugal as we can but all the same it's a big family needs are big and now we're headed uh, we're the only thing in the schedule for the next couple of days is uh, playing at a rescue mission which doesn't bring in money and then basically there, there's nothing um, there's no set uh, uh, thing on the schedule for playing music where uh, and, and that will provide money that we know of until maybe Sunday and of course actually nowhere where we go is that a guarantee of anything so for me right now I'm facing fear because I'm doing the math and I see we really don't we don't have the resources to get from where we are now to where we're going in Seattle and um, so uh, plus, we're coming out here to do ministry. So where will the ministry opportunities come from? I've spent time on the phone, a lot of time, calling churches, emailing churches and, and different places, trying to find um, an opportunity to do some ministry there and hopefully where uh, we can be blessed in return um, and so we can continue on. Um, so far, nothing has really materialized. So um, again, we're doing this podcast a little bit differently because uh, I want you to see as well as kind of my own audio uh, journal to see what's going to happen here in the next few days because we're we're traveling six hours today then from Ogden Utah to our next known stop which is a YWAM base in near Portland Oregon Salem Oregon uh, there are, there's a good distance and a number of traveling days so um, we will, we will do this again and uh, kind of give you an update on what has happened, uh, what we've done, and uh, what God is going to do in the days ahead. So, um, Yeah, I was also going to say that um, kind of like a hip-pocketed thing that we have uh, at our resources is busking, which is playing music on the street, you know, with a hat or a guitar case open for people to throw in a few dollars. And Carl has been busking with Justice and Carly. He busked uh, in Denver and um, 
Did you guys do Chattanooga or Memphis? Um, I don't I can't, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, in Steamboat, Colorado. So um, we have that kind of hip pocketed and plan on doing that more in major cities and stuff. And, um, you know, it's fun for the kids. Carl always pays the kids um, a few dollars out of the earnings, which isn't a lot, but it's um, it's interesting. And Carl actually just, we went downtown Steamboat a few days ago to the police station to ask about busking in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And um, the, the guys there told him that um, busking and panhandling and something else. Oh, that's it. Basically, there was a federal court case, so that uh, loitering is no longer a crime. Panhandling is apparently a First Amendment right, uh, and that that includes street performing. So we can we can do that anywhere. Yeah, we don't really want to be loitering or panhandling, but street performing, like we will do that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's interesting because it's certainly it's not easy work as far as making money. Um, and it, it's it's kind of a blend, which is somewhat of an uncomfortable blend, I'll admit that, uh, between making money and doing ministry. Uh, but you sing the name of Jesus on the street, especially in a place like Steamboat, where it's a very worldly, lots of money, and people are there for vacation. There's a lot of self-confidence. A lot of self-medicated people with yeah. some marijuana. <laughs> Well, that too. But uh, it's, uh, you know, um, just to sing the name of Jesus out on the street, you allow people to think about Jesus who are most likely would not have done so at all that day. And who yeah. knows? And to see family, uh, you know, to see uh, a dad and, and some uh, his kids singing together songs about Jesus. It's going to stir things up. So that's good. Uh, Money-wise, I mean, like we did it yesterday, made three dollars <laughs> uh, we didn't do it that long you know um, kids don't have that much endurance yet but uh, but you have done it before where you've made 20 or 50 dollars yeah and, and so that's, that's, that's significant. yeah that's something and that yeah. is definitely significant it puts gas in our tank or buys us dinner or something yeah, yeah. and um, uh, Ooh, I just saw bones. Yeah, I saw those bones too. Yeah, we're driving through Steamboat, Colorado right now on our way up to Wyoming to get to Utah and passing some cool scenery. But um, yeah, it's and and like Carl said, like it's it's really cool. Just even if you only make three dollars or nothing at all, you're playing, you're singing the name of Jesus on a uh, on a street corner that does not hear the name of Jesus. Yeah, and it's maybe even very much against. Jesus. So just being able to, to do that is an, an adventure itself and yeah. ministry. Yeah. Well, it, and it's also neat. Uh, part of the thing about the um, just having a case open uh, for money is it gives people a tangible response to your music and to what you're doing. So like yesterday, we were playing on the street. There weren't that many people there. Then that's one of the reasons why we didn't make that much money. It wasn't maybe the best time. But this couple walked by, and their son, who was probably 13, 14, 15, something like that, and he kind of snuck behind his parents and dropped a dollar in the in the uh, case. And yeah, I thought that was cool. And then um, you kind of get to see people's heart on their sleeve a little bit yeah. at that. And, and yeah. uh, when we were in Denver, uh, a Hispanic construction worker came by and put in a couple of dollars, and I don't even know if he spoke English, you know, but... Um, then there was a, a, an Asian woman who put in a $10 bill and 
you know, it just, it kind of, for me, I'm always thinking, oh, you're trying to read, you know, is this a Christian or is this someone, you know, why did they do that? What's, yeah. What stirred their heart to do that? Yeah, that's You really know, is it just pity or is it, you know, maybe they wanted to feel like they did a good deed that day or they, or were they moved by something? You know, so, or did they just think the kids were cute? Because a lot of times that's the case. They just yeah. love seeing the kids out there singing with you. Yeah, and I'm sure actually uh, one of the reasons why I, the kids ought to be paid is because I'm uh, sure that more uh, people give money because of the kids yeah. than if it was just me out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's an interesting thing. But it gives them a chance to make some money as well on the trip. And, yeah. And so that's good. Yeah, they can buy little souvenirs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't mentioned, I haven't, Carl and I haven't talked about this, so I don't know, maybe I'll have to edit this out of the podcast, but I was just reminded of um, one of our motivations to, or inspirations, one of Carl's main inspirations, <laughs> wasn't mine, when, was before Justice was born, I think we were um, reading the Pent family story um, called Ten Peas in a Pod about a mom and a dad and their eight kids who traveled across the country and their kids would recite scripture verses and memorize scripture and sing and they would um, preach and um, just present the gospel at different churches and places. Well, this was back in the 50s, I think, that they were doing this, traveling all over the country. I think they also went into Canada a few times. They did over a million miles. Yeah, just yeah. and it was just their lifestyle of traveling. And um, But I know that sometimes uh, funds would get low, um, and what the dad would do, uh, said in the book that he would sometimes... Um, they'd be driving through the woods and he'd stop at some desolate location and he'd dig up pine trees and he'd dig up different well, they weren't pine trees. Well, they, they, were, were, nice trees, they were like yeah. evergreens. Yeah, he'd, he'd go into the woods and he'd find, you know, nice um, young trees and he'd dig them up and then he'd go door to door selling them. <laughs> and, and they made money that way and I think they probably did other things too where they would occasionally find jobs to yeah, do and they mix their own fertilizer and all that kind of stuff yeah. wow yeah so i mean it's but we live in a different age we, we do, do those yeah we do we're not Especially gonna not in a national forest yeah we're not gonna go get dig up trees and sell them door to door but um but you know i'm not opposed to staying at a place for a while and uh if there's some sort of work to be done um, yeah, it's all paid, about, you know, it's, it, it, you, and we don't know if an opportunity like that will even arise, but I'm just saying, like, that's an idea, and I, I think we're open to that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did in, in, uh, where we, in Steamboat, where we're leaving right now. I uh, told my um, cousin there, I just said, you know, if you know of anybody who needs some, a small painting job done, I'll be glad to do that. Nothing materialized. So, it's, obviously, it's not about not working, it's about, um, doing what God is calling us to do and uh, praying and um, being open to the different ways that he might provide. And it is, you know, that's what I mentioned about the busking. You don't know if you're going to make money. It's in God's hands. Like, I would have loved it if someone came by and just, God put it on their heart, dropped a $50 bill in there, you know, made it easy. But it was three bucks, but that's okay. We did some ministry and God's going to provide in, in one way or another. And, Actually, doing this podcast is helping renew my faith. And just uh, even you mentioning the Penn family, uh, realizing when they, you know, when he goes around door to door selling 
trees, that's not like a great business plan, but if it's just something he can do. And that's the same with busking. It's something we can do. We'll see. Maybe that's the way God's going to provide. Maybe he's going to do it in another way. Maybe some church is going to uh, call me back and say, yeah, we'd love for you to come, and, and uh, we'll see. But uh, we're, we're praying. We're praying not just for provision. Obviously, we're praying that we would be fruitful because that's what the the trip is about. It's not about um, just us going on a cross-country adventure. It's about yeah. obeying God and, and bearing fruit in that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've also been thankful that, um, you know, we've stayed um, in a hotel once on, and we've been gone for two weeks. We stayed in one hotel for two nights. Yeah. And the rest of the nights we've stayed in people's homes. They've, they've all been great, nice houses with wonderful people um, hosting us, and I just feel so thankful that we've been comfortable. And yeah. that's also one thing that I began praying, I think, when we went out on a trip. Um, and I was, one of our first trips, I was pregnant with Justice. I was seven months pregnant. And we came out to the Midwest, and I was just praying like, God, just please, I just pray that we'd be able to stay in comfortable places because my body hurts because I'm seven months pregnant, and um, and that and on this trip, like we've we've been just so comfortable, and um, yeah. and we feel. I mean, I just I feel like I uh, I can stay like refreshed and renewed and um, and motivated um, because of that. And um, I forgot where I was going to go with that, but uh, well, I wanted to say too about that that. In the past, I think that we've had maybe less comfort because of a lack of faith on my part. A lot of times I've found myself praying, God, provide, provide, because we haven't had money come in in a while. And, you know, like I feel more free to uh, just more relaxed right after we do an event and, you know, there's a generous offering and they're like, oh, I feel good. You know, we're kind of on the uptick. Uh, but there are other times where it's like, well, the money is just constantly going out and nothing's coming in. And, uh, and I kind of batten down the hatches and, and won't do anything. And I've heard the Holy Spirit say to me many times in that process, I've already provided. You just won't spend it. You know, you won't, you won't trust me enough to actually use what I've already given yeah. you. And that's why I mentioned too about the hotels. Like we're not going to, we're not going to find uh, some ritzy hotel to stay at for the sake of staying at it. We're just trying to meet the needs of the family for what they are as frugally as we can. But, you know, sometimes practically, you just have to stay when what's available. And, uh, but God, that doesn't mean it's always going to be comfortable, that there won't be challenging, challenging moments. But we ought not to have challenging moments because we lack faith. But, you know, we ought to have uh, challenging moments only if that's what God is choosing to allow us to go through. Yeah, and and I uh, I guess I, um, I have to confess that I kind of um, I do feel a little worried, you know, as I know funds are beginning to get lower and stuff, but I actually, I also kind of like it, um, yeah, just exciting. in the sense that it is exciting and you know God's going to provide and um, you don't know how, yeah. and you, and so it actually is part of the adventure, yeah. and um, it is what kind of makes it more exciting and more interesting too. Um, That's what uh, George Mueller said about prayer, and you know that he ran a an orphanage that they never 
um, solicited funds ever. And uh, only once a year they would have a meeting where they would kind of give a report. And that was the only like information they shared with the public uh, about their needs. And um, God always provided and he said that one of the best, I'm paraphrasing because it's been a while since I read this, but he said basically what he loved about the life he was living was that it gave him a chance to walk step by step with God every day because he needed, he had a tangible need uh, for God to come through. And um, and God did it in his own time, in his own way, and it forces you to, de- to depend on him. And yeah, it is yeah. uncomfortable and scary sometimes, but it's also exciting because you do see God come through. Yeah, that's part of where that you get, you receive the biggest blessing on the trip yeah. is just seeing how God provides and and the excitement of going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? But trying to do it, especially with the theme of this trip, we will not fear, trying to do it without the angst and the panic that can come, that has come many times. Yeah. And that wants to come even right now uh, yeah. to say, like, we don't need to be miserable in this time saying, OK, well, money just keeps going out. Uh, we, we're going to be worried and stressed out until money comes in. No, if we if we have faith, uh, we can just rest. We've got what we need for right now. And that's all that matters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it also it's um, we try to keep the kids kind of a little up and up on that sort of stuff too. Yeah. Uh, just because a family journey. Yeah, and because we want our kids to learn how to manage money. We want them to see mommy and daddy praying for for finances. We want mommy we wanted to see that we want them to see us um, trying to spread frugally but also giving generously to them and then you know, you want your kids to learn tithing and all that sort of stuff. So you know, you don't want to let your kids know the nitty-gritty details all the time because, one, you don't want them blabbing about it, and two, you don't want them worrying about it, you right. know. You don't want to cause fear in your kids, but... Um, Just to, enough to know why mom and dad make the decisions that they do yeah, and why um, prayer is important to keep us connected to God and knowing that our, our resources do come from Him and not from not from anybody else, even though it'll come from people. It's not coming, we're not dependent on people. We're dependent on God inspiring people to to, uh, meet our needs. Also, um, I just want to say, because I know a lot of people have asked me this too, and this is a little different subject, but um, when it comes to the kids, a lot of people, well, a lot of people on this trip just assume they know that we homeschool because obviously our kids are school age, but we're you know, we're traveling around the country for six or seven weeks. So um, for homeschooling, uh, I have packed a couple textbooks for both the kids, like their math and their language, and then notebooks for writing. We've been doing postcards. Every time we stop someplace cool, we try to get some postcards and they can write to a friend or a family member back at home, and that counts as school, you know. Um, We try to listen to books on tape. I brought some books to read to them so that we can have downtime. We went to national parks. Yeah, we went to national parks, but we try... I, I want to keep it, um, I want the kids to have downtime at people's houses and at hotels, whether it's me reading aloud to them or them reading to me, them reading their Bibles, them uh, having their math and language textbooks to just have some time 
writing and focusing on something like something educational like that for a while I think it's good for their minds I think it's good for their uh, in a way like their emotional uh, yeah, there's needs some, uh, some animals out there oh yeah it looks Maybe. like no. looks like birds no, uh, no it's birds they're it's big like, birds yeah they are Maybe it's like, or, or, uh, uh, yeah, or maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I, just, I want them to feel normal and I want them to have some quiet time where they're being studious. I think that it helps in a weird way kind of refresh them, even though they're doing school and working, it can kind of refresh them and make them feel normal. But yeah. anyway, just people have asked me that, like, that's been two of the main questions is like, well, how... How do you homeschool the kids? Oh, there's deer. a deer out yeah. there. Yeah. Wow, there's a whole herd oh, of them. Wow. Look out there, guys. Yeah, look there's like that. a whole herd of deer. Deer or elk? No, I'm pretty sure they're deer. Yeah, wow. Those are, um, no, those are not, those are like antelope. Wait, those are antelope, yeah. Uh -huh. They look like they're penned in, actually. Yeah, they do. Well, they might have that fence there. Sometimes they put the fences along the interstate so that the animals don't run across the highway or in yeah, that was cool yeah that was cool that education was guys yeah all right there's a magpie <laughs> dead horse so um so people ask me yeah, how do you homeschool the kids and then how do you uh how do you eat <laughs> how do you prepare meals as mom so i just wanted to mention those two things since we're talking about our trip and like how we survive and stuff on the road yeah and this year i think also as far as school goes we uh did it through the summer as well some and just to kind of balance it out like all of all of life is educational and it's a learning um thing if you take that approach so uh just trying to make the most of these yeah. unique opportunities yeah it's a good approach to life yeah just keep learning yep so uh we will we'll do this again i think this works out well there's another hawk sitting up on a fence there waiting to eat something and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully this gives you a little glimpse into our into our lives on the road and uh, we look forward to talking again in the future and giving you an update on the different things we see and learn along the way. Well, I hope you found that enlightening and exciting and I, I hope it motivates you to uh, step out in whatever God is asking you to do. Um, it's, it doesn't look pretty many times. It doesn't look the way we expect it to look like. Uh, it doesn't. Maybe it's not as smooth as we want, but I think when our faith increases, the smoothness of our ministry increases, not because everything goes according to plan, but because we learn to rest in God in the middle of that. So I uh, hope you'll join us again next week as we go to second part two, which is going to be uh, Money, Mormons, and Idaho. I, I couldn't actually think of a third M, but anyway, um, that's a pretty good one. And I would say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I just love these uh, secret podcasts we did because... Uh, they're they're just kind of raw, and it, it really uh, it helped us to process even what we were going through along the way. So um, if you enjoyed it today, leave a comment. You can also check out our Facebook page, The Gospel for Planet Earth, and there you can leave a comment. I also post links to other articles and podcasts that I find illuminating in regards to uh, missions and the gospel, um, as well as you can cl click on the events link on that facebook page to find out more about the missions conference and you can rsvp which isn't necessary but it's helpful just to get an idea of how many people we are expecting that you can go ahead and uh click on the events page and say that you're coming to the missions conference on november 18th so hopefully we'll see you there 
And we will see you next week on the Gospel for Planet Earth.